Gabby, welcome back to the Happier Life Project, brought to you by free mental health and wellness app, My Possible Self, in partnership with the Priory Healthcare. Now, this is the first episode of 2023, and if you're anything like me, by now you're probably fed up of being bombarded with content about new year, new you, try this diet plan, go to this gym, sign up for this punishing online workout regime, maybe you're participating in dry January, or maybe you're feeling guilty that you're not. Well, we thought, let's cut through all the clutter, pun intended, and talk about a different type of detox. And that's one that is much kinder to ourselves and will help our well-being in more ways than we probably even realize. We want you to think about decluttering your environment because a tidy home equals a tidy mind. Clutter creates chaos and stress. It can also pressurize relationships cause embarrassment and shame and reduce productivity. If you declutter your home, you will find it benefits your life on so many levels. And the psychological evidence is really fascinating as you are about to discover. Today's guest, Vicky Silverthorne, is a professional organizer and house declutterer that knows all too well about the correlation between organization, decluttering and our well-being. She's worked with all types of clients, including some very famous faces. And Vicky is an Amazon best-selling author, offering invaluable tips and advice in Start With Your Sock Drawer. You're about to find out why you need a Vicky. So ready to find a healthier, happier you? Let's get started. Welcome Vicky Silverthorne to the Happier Life Project. You've been a professional organiser and house declutterer that has been clearing spaces and minds for over 10 years. Your business is called You Need a Vicky and you're also author of Start With Your Sock Drawer, which went on to become an Amazon bestseller. So thank yeah. you for being here. The first episode of 2023. Amazing. Thanks for having me. I'm honoured to be the first episode of 23. Well, you know, like since I knew I was going to interview you, it's made me more aware of my own space. I'm like, oh, this is not very organised. This needs to go. (laughs) That's the power of it. One conversation, one thought can really trigger you into doing something Mm. or thinking about something. That is the key. Well, the purpose of the Happier Life project is to help both our app users and our listeners overcome areas of like stress and worry and challenges by giving them practical advice and some tools and techniques that will help them live a happier life. So at this time of year, it's a time when many choose to detox, but usually it's the the physical stuff. It's dry January. So we're, we're cutting back on our alcohol. It's, you know, crazy diets because we've overindulged over Christmas. So we thought we'd do something different and talk about detoxing our environment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because this can cause a lot of stress, uh, as you know. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think Christmas in itself can cause stress and overwhelm for sure. And I don't know about anybody else. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but it's, I have to have my decorations and everything away by the 1st of January. That for right. me symbolizes clear, fresh start. That's my big thing. I, I would get anxiety mm -hmm. if they were still there on the, on the 1st or the 2nd. Um, oh, really? the, the, yeah, it's not, it's not New Year and Christmas together. I don't do the 12 days of Christmas, mm, no way. So you're all about like a fresh start, new energy into the house. Yeah. Well, this is going out on the 3rd of January. So I think maybe quite a few people would share your... Because every year, the build-up to Christmas seems to start earlier and yeah, earlier. Yeah. I think a lot of people are actually, you know, come after Christmas Day, they're like, right, I'm over this now. Yeah, definitely. Let's get rid of the tinsel. Definitely. You know? And often the food cupboards are, are full of things that haven't been eaten because a lot of people over buy before Christmas you know toy mm. cupboards and baskets are bulging from all the presents that have arrived in the house um, and I think it's just a really good time to think about initially to think about starting to let go if, if that's mm. if that's how mm. you, you feel you want to go not everybody wants yeah. to but you know if that's what you feel I, I think it can have huge positive effects on the mind and on stress well, I think people, a lot of them don't know where to start. So this is this is where you come in and yeah. I'm sure you can have loads of great advice to share as we go on. But just talking a little bit um, first about the psychological effect of a disorganized home. Yeah. It is a breeding ground for stress, as we've mentioned, depression and unhappiness. Yeah. Yeah. And this is actually well known with people like yourselves, as well as designers um, and interior decorators but also psychologists too. Yeah. And that's actually an, an area that we maybe address so much when it relates to our emotional and mental well-being. But it's probably something that we're overlooking that we can do a lot about, but for some reason we don't. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean where to start on this? It's, it's, well, for me and hopefully people <laughs> out there, it's, it's a fascinating subject. Over the years, you know, like you say, I've done this over 10 years now, 12 years of professional organiser, I have read a lot of studies and really tried to, um, you know, not just Google the lighthearted stuff and the tips. Mm. I, I wanted to read a lot more. I wanted to hear what the psychologists said and, and what they say about the subject and, and read as much as I could about studies that have been done. And there are a ton of studies that have been done all over the world that do directly link how we feel to how our home uh, not only looks, but obviously what's in it. Um, if we think of this in, in simple terms initially, if there's a cluttered home, it's like visual distractions and a physical to-do list shouting at you every time you look at it. However, where mm. our minds are so full, we don't necessarily have that conscious thought, oh, I've got to do that, I've got to do that, I've got to do that. It's just this like underlying, consistent shouting <laughs> from, <laughs> yeah. from these items around us and how can that not cause stress you know if we have a massive to-do list that gives us something to do it gives a lot of people anxiety but when a home is cluttered especially visually it's, it's the mm. same thing it really is um and that brings you down it can affect your productivity hugely which in turn won't make you feel great if you're not having a productive day it can have so many effects on uh, relationships you know is one person more cluttered is, than the other is one person feeling it more in the home that they need to start 
shifting things around and getting rid of things. It's the other person not noticing it so much. That There's just so many. The list is endless and I could talk about it for hours, but I know we haven't got hours. <laughs> but um, to, to me now, after all the years of reading about it, it seems so obvious. Um, yeah. You know, another thing is, you know, anyone who suffers from ADHD like myself, you know, I simply can't handle the when my home gets to a point of of more extreme, not extreme clutter, but when my home gets to a point of uh, slight chaos. And that's not OCD. I'm not a minimalist. It mm. just has such a huge impact on day to day life. But like you say, we can do something about it. Yeah. And I guess to learn a bit about you and your background and journey into doing what you do and building the business, did you know that you were actually working in mental health and well-being by accident, I suppose? Because I'm sure that wasn't the intention when you started You Need a Vicky. But actually, I'd imagine the clients that you work with, you can probably see when they walk into their space or they tackle you know following your guidance what to do that sense of probably relief I bet it's like a weight off yeah it's it's such an interesting question and I love getting questions that I've never been asked I noticed at the beginning and the reason I started the business was I noticed it made people happy but I think that's as far as my thinking went I noticed the bounce in their step in comparison to if I did a ton of admin for them, you know, that that would still be amazing. But I was a PA, that was a given. When mm-hmm. I did the physical mm-hmm. organization of my previous boss's homes, honestly, it was a bounce in their step. It was a look, look at this, you know, people coming in, look at this, look what I've, look what Vicky's done. And mm-hmm. that's definitely what I hooked onto. Not until I'd say at least three or four or five years later, did I really understand and start looking into in more depth the association it could have with mental health. You know, I I believe Mm. it would help people so much, anyone that's feeling anxiety, and they might already naturally do this. I know I have done this naturally growing up, but to start, it's not even about getting rid of stuff necessarily, but getting on top of your home, getting on top of Mm. things. That often does involve getting rid of stuff if you are living in a cluttered home um Mm. but yeah now I know huge impact huge impact yeah well as you mentioned you started your career as a PA for some really high profile clients Lily Allen being one of them so in this kind of role I'd imagine you would have to be super organized is this something that comes naturally to you because I think for some people it just doesn't (laughs) and this is where we can struggle yeah um so there's two sides to this there's the administrative side and the physical side of organization I had to be organized administratively but I have to say I found it extremely difficult I now know why (laughs) it's because I was diagnosed recently with the ADHD but I, I still had to be so I worked at it hard what I found so enjoyable and so satisfying and rewarding was the physical side of the organization that was involved with a job like that looking after Lily and to explain you know there was the admin that was getting up answering emails there was you know emails Mm -hmm. all day long the physical side was you know one day we'd be um you know on a private jet the next minute we'd be on a tour bus the next minute we'd be 
uh, in a car. We'd be flying to all these different locations for her gigs. And, you know, is she going to go out? Is she not going to go out? Are we going to a hotel that night? Or are we staying on the tour bus? It was like, okay, you've got to pack a bag for every event. And then there was the dressing mm-hmm. room. You know, I used to mm-hmm. love, like, my challenge was before she even stepped foot in the dressing room, I'd want everything in its place and unpacked. Oh my God, it was just, it was just the best feeling. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I wanted it to be so what made me happy was for her to be like, oh, where's this makeup brush? And me be able to go, oh, just there on the right, third, third on the right, you know, and she'd be able to put a hand on it. The joy it gave me, honestly, was <laughs> quite ridiculous now I look back. But um, I just enjoyed that physical organisation in her home as well. You know, any of my bosses getting their paperwork sorted into a filing system that actually worked. Mm. That's what I hooked on to. That's in me. And that's, I enjoy it. I think it comes naturally to me, but also there are definitely elements that I've learned. I think we often learn from doing things wrong. And, you know, over the last 12 years, I've learned several things from doing it the wrong way to then going, right, I'm going to figure this out. How would this work better? I bet it was the most organised <laughs> tour bus in town. Like I've been on my fair share of tour buses and usually they are yeah. messy and chaotic. Yeah. And especially if it's like a band, so you've got lots oh, of people yeah. sharing. It was about. Even just like, yeah, trying to, if you're on the road for a while, like with yeah. lots of clothes, not carnage. Yeah, but carnage. also trying to get ready and your bag sorted when you're in this tiny little bunk that you can't <laughs> even sit up in. Yeah, yeah, they're like coffins, aren't they? Oh they're my god, Kate, I can't like... tell you how many times I woke up in the morning and sat up, cracked my head. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but I loved that experience. There was something exciting almost about that compact living. Because that's mm. what it is. You're living in such a compact way. You haven't got everything in your home, although you're taking a lot with you. There's just something nice about you do have less around you. There's less choice, you know, and even packing my bag, it would be you know, 10 pairs of black leggings, 10 vests, black vests, 10 black hoodies, 10 black pairs of socks. Oh, I was I was just happy. No choices, no decisions. <laughs> Every morning the same. Brilliant. So it sounds like it was a super fun and um, exciting job that you actually really enjoyed doing. So why did you decide to leave all that behind and start You Need a Vicky? Oh, I'd done it for a few years. And I remember seeing a wardrobe organiser come to Lily's home and thinking, oh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that mm. all over the house. And it wouldn't leave my head. Oh. Um, Lily was extremely supportive. You know, I'd been with her for three years, three and a bit years. And it just felt like the right time. She was starting to have babies. I'd done a tour. I'd traveled all mm. around the world twice over. It just felt right. And I think deep down, I knew I always wanted to start my own business and sort of be in control of my own Mm. life as it were my own Mm. decisions and everything and obviously when you're working for someone that closely your life is kind of their life so I think I was just ready to to start something of my own and it looked like it grew pretty quickly it did yeah there were a few things I loved about it number one I loved that everyone thought I was absolutely mad because it wasn't really a thing in the UK then I thought that's a great challenge everyone thinks I'm crazy for doing this and I liked that probably people thought it might not work really enjoyed that Enjoyed that it was unusual, a bit weird. Love that, because <laughs> <You know>? um, <laughs> back then it really was. It wasn't. It wasn't the like a career anyone had heard of. Um, mm. There weren't many of us in the UK. There were just so many bits about it. It was a challenge, and it's what was what I needed. And and I had support from the right people. It's like I said, I had great sort of um, support from Lily. She even wrote me a fantastic quote. I 
still had to work very hard at building the business though you know three days away left right and center just to get the word out there you know you work from Mm. seven in the morning till 2 a.m every day for as long as it takes to get that business going um, and that's exactly what I did. Didn't didn't stop, wow. didn't give up. When you do work with a client, is it a, a one and done kind of situation? Or do you like go back once, twice a year? Or I'm sort of saying this because I'm wondering how often we should be looking at our space and giving it an overhaul. I think, I mean, there are some clients that would just want one booking just as a bit of a top up or a bit of a, a sort of spur them on to get started kind of day. But I think realistically, if you stopped getting anything in your home at any time, of course, it could be more of a one and done. But that's not what happens in any home I've ever known. You know, people, there's a constant churn, you know, whether it's children growing and growing out of clothes and toys or whether it's people who just like, you know, to buy new things, which is completely normal, whether it's, you know, every Christmas we get this massive new stuff into our homes life means that I feel like for most people it's going to be something to either depending what people prefer to either blitz every now and then or to just do in a sort of ongoing fashion for me I like doing Mm. it in an ongoing fashion I'm I'm constantly churning my house is constantly sort of churning things out um and and Mm. what I'm very aware of and what some people even listening to this or might already be there in their headspace is you know learning to focus on more of buying what we need and less about just buying a massive stuff for the sake of it. And I I do think we're in a time now actually with waste and sustainability and and the planet even, you know, Mm. thinking about more consciously thinking about what comes into our home. You know, I've certainly thought way more about how much plastic comes in, plastic, whether it's toys or something that's going to be short lived. You know, I think about having plastic items that are going to last for the next however many years with me you know and I think that's a really healthy way to start looking at it and naturally then you know you can start sort of processing less as a home right and something you said on your website is uh, uh, it's not just about the look of the home it's also about the feel of the space so is that something as well that I mean, Marie Kondo says only keep items that spark joy, right? But is it, yeah, is it like, oh, am I feeling like the walls are caving in a little bit right now? Um, Or is it just like, you know, oh, I don't like looking at that lamp anymore? Yeah, I think there's a a mixture and I think there's almost like an organiser for everyone. Marie Kondo is an absolute icon in the the professional organisation world. She's amazing what she has done for the industry and her ways are unbelievable the services that I offer are slightly different to to that of Marie Kondo I'm I'm sure although saying that I've never read another organizer's book so I haven't read her book I haven't read any other organizer's book I've always made sure that I have had just my own sort of thoughts and ideas and that's what I put in place but I think that a lot of my clients do require they're not they're not necessarily ready to do that just one off and that's how it's going to stay there are regular sessions with them there are regular days with them because they just know that that's what their life is it's very chaotic Mm. and crazy and busy and both parents are often working and there's three children running around and you know it, it isn't necessarily practical for them to get rid of everything that they that doesn't spark them joy you know I've got a toolbox it gives me zero joy 
I'm not in a position just to call to call. <laughs> but a it's a necessity. It's a necessity. Yeah. I, I, I'd say I almost hate it because I hate doing that kind of thing. But I'm not in a position just to call a, a, a handyman out every time I want something tiny done. So I do have to give it a go myself. Gives me no joy, mm. none at all. Mm. But, you know, I'm sure that's not exactly what she means. I'm not sure. But um, with what I do and how I do it, there's there has to be that real practical element. It can't just be 100% aesthetically pleasing because that doesn't always work in my client's home. There's mm. it, it, got to be a mixture of, of practical and and visual together yeah there's the old saying a tidy home equals a tidy mind so in fact that's what we decided to call the episode tidy home tidy mind with vicky silverthorne <laughs> so if we declutter our home it will benefit us on many different levels as we chatted a little bit about um, but i wonder if we could go in a little bit deeper on that if we are because everybody does have different levels of what they deem to be organized or clean. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, it can be a bit tricky, but I thought, like, for example, apparently if you have a tidy bedroom, this can lead to a better night's sleep. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I wonder, like, if you got any other examples in terms of, like, what you've noticed or what you yourself have experienced, maybe in certain rooms, like, if we do this, then we feel like this. Yeah, I think, as an example, the kitchen. I think the kitchen's a, a really important room to focus on. It is often the hub of the home. You know, it's used frequently throughout the day, midweek, weekends. You know, it's a very necessary space that we all need. Um, it can cause people a lot of stress. What often happens when people, it goes way back, let's go to the core, when people move into a home, they want to unpack things. They often just want to get things away, and that's what they do, and then they say, I'll come back to that later. Later yeah. often doesn't come. Life is busy. So as yeah. an example, the kitchen will get left as it initially was five, ten years ago, two years ago, one year ago, however long. Because it's actually a big job to take everything out and reorganize a whole kitchen. That's like a half a day a day's mm. work sometimes. So that can often cause stress to people, things not being in the right place, not being able to get things easily, things being positioned mm. incorrectly, like almost the format of a kitchen affecting the way that someone is using a kitchen. So that's a, a great one to focus on um, and one that makes a lot of people feel really happy uh, and less stressed when it's done. Also, the, the clearing out of the kitchen, like, you know, what haven't you used yeah. in ages? Um, what don't you actually need? You know, how many gadgets did you buy in the last 10 years that actually do we need an avocado, avocado slicer or can we just actually use a knife? <laughs> do we use a lemon slicer or do we actually just use a knife? Do we use a da 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 da, da or do we just mm. use a knife? That kind of thing. We can, we can clear our kitchen so easily. And also the positioning, you know, things we don't use should live at the back of the cupboard. Don't use as much, <laughs> live at the back of the cupboard. Things we use every day, open a cupboard and reach, yeah. reach on it and, you know, and, and there it is. Yeah, and old pots and pans, right? People maybe Absolutely. get new pots and pans, but then they're like, oh, well, if something happens to yeah. the new ones, then at least we've still oh, got the old ones. Absolutely. And then the yeah. old ones just sit there. Yeah, spare toasters and these, these things <laughs> yeah. taking up, spare this, a spare that, a spare this, a spare that. Half of our homes are filled with spare things that we might need, you know. Yeah. And, and some of them we might, but, but a lot of them yeah. I'm sure we won't. Yeah, or something that's broken or like yeah. some, it's got a part missing, but we keep it because we might get around to fixing it or yeah. getting the missing part and then we don't. 
Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So kitchens is a great one, I think, to, to focus on. But like you said, bedrooms yeah. is huge and I'd never sleep with, with a ma- an amount of clutter under my bed. Clear head at night to me is, is having, mm. you know, not necessarily having nothing under the bed, but if you've got stuff under the bed, make sure you know what it is for one and that it's, that it's in an organised fashion. You know, if it's seasonal clothing, make sure it's, you know, done properly. Yeah, it is so fascinating, this stuff. And um, what about, and we did mention this as well before, um, briefly, if your partner or your roommate is yeah. the messy one, and that can be really sensitive to navigate around. So is it about compromise? Do you just have to kind of come to some sort of peace? Because again, when we talk about what it does to your psyche, when you like maybe come in from work and the dishes are all over the counter yeah, and you yeah. know that kind of thing then it can you can get angry you can yeah. just get frustrated all of Deflated. these things yeah absolutely oh, defl- yeah it's like oh could they not have just put this away or yeah. do they really need all those shoes by the door yeah 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 i think it also it goes to how you were raised maybe as well in terms of like what you have absorbed growing up hundred percent yeah definitely I think the relationship is it's an interesting one and we we you know we get a lot of clients where you know the person will phone up book and book the day and they'll say oh you know my my partner you know it's it's not so much me it really is you know my partner and we'll start going through things and and they'll be like oh my god I actually didn't realize that but that's a lot of my stuff so I think there's sometimes people not yeah. realising. But I, I do think if it is an issue, then there's got to be a, a willingness on both parts. Like you say, compromise, but a willingness to listen or do something slightly differently. It's coming to a middle ground, right? It's definitely about coming to a middle ground. And, you know, there might be resistance there because, let's face it, if someone knows they're cluttered or cluttered messy or, or hoard yeah. things or... If, if they, they, there is going to be emotions there attached, might be a bit of shame, embarrassment. Um, so it might not yeah. necessarily be the easiest conversation to have. And I think then, you know, it's got to come down to as well about the way, how are you going to approach that? You know, because it can't mm. be you're really messy and I'm not. We need to sort this out. I think that there's got to be, you know, someone's going to know their partner more than I know their partner. So wording it's going to be tricky for me yeah. to do. But I, I think it's got to be broached in a kind way. Yeah, using feeling statements, right? Yeah, so this is how it makes so. me feel. Yeah, mm. but yeah, exactly. You know, like this is how it makes me feel. Or, or how about we create a bit of, of new space and just sort of move some things around? Or, you know, it doesn't have to be labelled as a big declutter throwing out session. Right, um, right. But, you know, step yeah. one is let's talk about how we can reorganise maybe and then pull things out and then see how it goes. Um, sometimes it takes people a few bookings for us um, and it might take um, people at home a few times of pulling things out thinking they're going to get rid of certain things not being able to yet emotionally but getting used to the idea and then the next time you try you might be a little bit better at it and then the next time you try a little bit better still so so Mm. I, I would also set expectations you know if you're trying to get your partner to get rid of stuff don't necessarily have the expectation that they're going to do that all in one go the first time you do it it wouldn't be fair 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe another route could be like, oh, listen to this really interesting um, podcast episode on the Happy Life Project. And um, how about we like yeah. look at ways we could declutter or or I read this really cool book by yeah. Vicky or, Silverthorne, you know, yeah. start with the sock drawer. And um, hey, do you fancy reading it? <laughs> or even shall we listen to this podcast? I don't know what it's about, but someone said it was really yeah. great. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So going from like partner slash roommate, whoever you're living with, children. Now that's a bit more difficult because children are by default messy. They've not learned the, the, the skills yet. And it's just, you know, they're very curious and, and that's what we want them to be, you know. But like what we were saying before about observing when we were growing up, this is when you learn things. So I guess I've got two questions for you, Vicky. One is like, how do we set an example to our kids? And then the second one would be, how do we make, say, organizing toys fun so that they do start to learn some skills? Like, I don't know if like maybe colors would be something you could work with or anyway, I'd love to know what, what you would advise. Yeah, so I think hopefully it's helpful for you to hear how I do it with my daughter. Mm -hmm. She's only young, she's three. Um, and I think, you know, as I've learned with children very much, it's all about learned behaviour, you know, as you touched on then. Yeah. So what I do is make it very clear when I am clearing something out or tell her that I'm doing it or to talk through what I'm doing and almost have a running commentary or, you know, I, I don't need this anymore, so I'm going to put it in a bag and I'm going to take it to da, 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 the charity shop or, you know, the recycling centre or the dump and um, teaching her where the recycling goes, you know, even as a tiny part of it. Also, what we do with her toys is we, we talk about when I'm going to get rid of something, you know, which she hasn't really had that much resistance with because it's not, I, I don't put it as a question, is it okay? I say what I thought what I thought we'd do with this one, you know, because you're getting it, you're a big girl now and you don't really play with this anymore. And I sort of talk her through it. And that's mm. what I've done, you know, since she was even two and could understand a few words and put it in a bag. So so I'm really conscious of that. You know, my mum had a lot of stuff in our home. It is something I'm very conscious of. But that's how I, I do it with my daughter. I think that as children get older, that can be harder, um, especially if you haven't started at such a young age doing it. Mm -hmm. Then what we do with clients sometimes is we... I always ask clients, you know, can, can they, if they tell their child that they're doing a bit of an organisation, doesn't have to be decluttered, don't have to say we're throwing things away. If you do that um, declutter in their bedroom, but to give them a, a piece of control, if you potentially had a box of items for them to go through and a bag oh, for charity, yeah. um, and then they feel that element of control so they say they go then go through this selected items really mm. um that we've sort of choreographed as it were mm. and then they can make a decision and if they choose not to get rid of some that's fine if they choose not to get rid of any that's okay we'll try again another time but we've selected those items anyway another thing that I think it's important to say is I'd say without fail when we have organized decluttered and organized a child's bedroom what is so common is how when they go into their bedroom, they suddenly notice something. Mm. Um, and that's a bit of a moment. 
it's like to them everything is new we've uncovered toys that they haven't seen in a while that have been at the back or the bottom of a basket and for them there's a definite level of excitement there might be with the older children a couple of but where's this and where's that Mm. you know especially if it's favorite toys but hopefully they haven't gone anyway and and that's been the general kind of reaction that we've had and I I think it's been it's been brilliant I think also that that's hugely important to say with children is the comparison I use is say we are looking through our wardrobes and there's so many clothes and we know we need a declutter and we know we've got stuff we don't like and don't wear and doesn't fit and is worn etc but we haven't done it yet Mm -hmm. it can feel quite overwhelming getting dressed can be harder decision making and choices can be a lot harder we know what we've got to do we can have that conscious thought when a child has a ton of toys way too many they're crammed in they're hard to get to uh, visually, it's their, their, their eyesight is just full, full, full of toys. They can feel the same stress. They can feel that same feeling of anxiety that we get with those clothes, but they can't rationalise it. They can't or don't have that conscious thinking, God, I really need to do a declutter. That's why I'm feeling a bit stressed. But so to them, yeah. to them, it's just pure like stress. You know, it's a child's version, but it's still stress Mm. or what what people might find is the children don't play with many toys and they don't play with many of their toys because they stop seeing them you know not 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 Mm. not visually not physically but but they they stop seeing them because it's too overwhelming so their little minds shut off to it and what they do is they go for the toys that are easy to access that are out on the floor or that are on the surface and easy to see if a child's toys are all behind closed doors in, you know, piled up on top of each other in cupboards, there's no way, there's no way that they can access and use them in the way that we hope them to. So it's almost a waste having them in the, in the first place. I'm quite passionate the way I organise my daughter's toys. Number one, I feel like she doesn't have too many. And as soon as I feel like she does have too many, I'll do a declutter. Number two, on the organisational side of things that you touched on their colours, etc., my way of organizing is because there's not too much i have different size baskets a few different sizes depending on what goes in them and she knows that that big basket that's got her blocks in it just blocks nothing else not five categories they're not color coded it's just blocks in the smaller mm-hmm. basket there's her vehicles there's no label there's no color nothing color would be would be great if the if the baskets are the same size color would be great yellow one's got blocks green one's got cars etc and then mm-hmm. her other toys i tried to to make it so that they live in a certain place in her playroom so she's got a unit and that's where the puppets live you know and and that's where her mini piano lives and that's where her puzzles live that's her puzzle cupboard and right. and that's how i do it and honestly it works fantastically i could say to her at any point you know go go and get this toy or where's that toy and she'd know she'd know just from the visual side of things and and she'd know because mm. keep it so so simple well, I mean, she's three, but even going upwards, keep it really simple when it comes to kids. I suppose as well, maybe not three years young, but like four or five, you know, if there are toys out, if there's very simple places where they live, then it's kind of making your life easier too, because you can say to them, go and put that in your puzzle 
area and they know exactly where to put it whereas like a lot of parents will just go oh you know tidy that look at that mess and then a kid will just kind of shove it somewhere right and then exactly you know it's not necessarily the best totally in the organization the storage has to be age appropriate you know a four-year-old isn't going to put their blocks in color order in different trays or maybe they will but it would be unlikely whereas a 10-year-old they might enjoy that their lego pieces are all in different trays in different colors but when all that lego comes out on the floor and there's a massive lego tidying it up is then going to take a long time so you've got to think about that aspect of it too our expectations more often than not need to come down tidying your room is a big ask saying that sentence tidy your room huge it's like someone saying to us go declutter your home huge tidying the blocks away can you tidy under your bed can you tidy your things away in that cupboard a specific instruction a small instruction and after a little bit help from an adult yeah I love that and I think it will give you that bit of motivation as well to keep doing it yourself if you're encouraging it with your child yeah I just want to talk about one more space within the house in terms of like so many people especially since the pandemic are working remotely other people have been working remotely for for a long time but if you don't have the luxury of a separate room in terms of like finding that area where you know right this is where I work and and how to maximize productivity again when we're like super stressed because we're surrounded by things yeah. I'm saying this to you from my kitchen so you know I'm not practicing preach. <laughs> but yeah like I mean do you have any pointers there in terms of how we can because again it goes back to the psychological thing right I mean work is work you could be sat on your sofa typing on your laptop versus sat in a space that you've made for yourself typing on your laptop but there's something in the psyche that affects our productivity and motivation and inspiration and all of that stuff absolutely so for me personally the the clearer the spaces around me the more productive I am 100% I think of my dining table which is my office um, as a bit of a hot desk so what I did was I cleared one cupboard in my kitchen which is right next to me in the nearest cupboard and at the end of the day that's where my hot desk my desk contents get packed away so I have my laptop I have a box with any um, notepads or paperwork a4 box sits on top of the laptop and wires all go in this beautiful little basket. Oh, yes. That lives on my table. And if I opened it, it's not particularly tidy. It doesn't need to. And that's the whole, you know, it's the whole point. At the end of the day, I can pop mm-hmm. in there, pop the other items away in my cupboard, and that's my desk done. The next day, I open the cupboard, yeah. laptop and box comes out very easily. Um, and that's how I've made it work for me. Because at the end of the day, I want my desk to turn back into a dining table and what I'd always do is put a candle out like the candle and that to me sort of signifies end of day end of work oh I love this yeah that those tiny things Mm. make a really big difference but I think clearing that cupboard out and having somewhere to put the contents of your your desk at the end of the day Mm. is a big deal that's the biggest advice I've got and you know even if we're using a desk in our home in a different room in a spare room or anywhere else I think having that sort of little routine at the end of 
play at the end of the day is really good. And then in the morning you come to a fresh start, a tidy desk. That's that's for me how how I work best mm. for sure. And that's a really good way as well of like, because the temptation is when you work from home and you know you've got pressing things, yeah. it's to keep working or to like, you know, have your dinner or whatever and think, oh, I just might as well send a couple of those emails. Whereas if you do something, I suppose, to like, you know, signify yeah. end of working day. Definitely. Then it's like, unless it's super urgent, then you get to it in the morning when you bring your box out. Yeah, so, and, and that's that. it. An A4 box is a game changer. An A4 box and a basket for wires. You know, your charger, your laptop charger, etc. A4 box, basket for wires. Keep it that simple. Again, my, my whole ethos, keep it so simple that you can actually keep it up and follow it. The more complicated you make things sometimes, the harder they are to keep up because they're more time-consuming and more mm. involved in, in sort of making it happen. I'm super curious about what you think about feng shui, feng shui, feng shui, <laughs> feng shui. Um, so this is like the ancient Chinese art of placement. And yeah. it's all about having this place that helps you inner self harmonize with your surroundings. So it's again, it's like pretty much what we've talked about. And then they've got specific methods that they use in feng shui and actually it's quite complicated when you start to look into it because I was curious and I was like <laughs> okay I'm not going to be bringing all this up yeah. but I'm curious if Vicky uses any of these like we talked about you gave an example about in the kitchen and and for them like keeping a, a clear fridge and a wiped out for it's to do with the cleanliness as well I think for that one because kitchen is all about nourishment and we don't want to have you know containers are full of old things and something again it goes back to that psychological thing so yeah what do you think about feng shui because i think people it's one of those in pop culture terms now oh yeah i could do with feng shui in my room or yeah. I, do, I do a bit of feng shui or whatever and i'm like well okay yeah yeah it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely used as more of a sort of saying now isn't it rather than actually putting mm. it so believe it or not in the same way that i've never read another organizer's book i've never ever looked into feng shui in detail um i know what mm. it what it's about but yeah i think it you hit the nail on the head then really and almost you gave me justification then as to why I haven't looked into it more. You said complicated. <laughs> you said the word complicated. You looked at it and you found it complicated. And that is a reason why I wouldn't go there <laughs> because mm. it's complicated. What I believe in is, is gut feeling when it comes to your home. Some people obviously need a bit more help when it comes to positioning and organisation and storage and, and that side of things because it's not everybody's skill in the same way that I put me in a finance job and I would cry within a minute. Um, yeah, so same. I think for me, uh, when I go into a room, there's a bit of trial and error. There's a bit of the obvious, which is, of course, let's let go of the old, the stuff that you don't use, don't need, don't want. And that is going to make you feel more refreshed, psychologically, absolutely more refreshed and productive and energetic. Um, and and mm. that's kind of what I believe in. Positioning of furniture, et cetera, is good. But from a practical perspective, as well as 
aesthetically. Well, I, what about like working with colours? Because colours can, again, I'm going down the psychological route, like some colours will make you feel more happy, like yellow or whatever. Do you think that helps in terms of when you're like organising your space at home? Like, is it good maybe even to refresh the walls <laughs> to um, add, a, add a new lick of paint and, and maybe be like, oh, this might make me feel X, Y, Z? Oh, definitely. When it comes to refreshing a space, absolutely. I, I believe so much in how much the the colours of your walls, your surrounding, your furniture, you know, what you wear, anything like that. And I feel like some people will come to that naturally and know what they like and feel comfortable with. And others, again, will need help from experts in that field. Um, it's not something mm. necessarily advise on. However, when it does come to space, for me in my home, I like very plain coloured walls. I like mm. to add colour in art or an ornament or pictures, but I like to keep the general feeling of my house kind of quite natural. I like natural colours in nature. I like green plants and greys and I like wood. Um, that's, that's what makes me feel calm and happy in my surroundings. Mm. You know, other people might feel pulled down by that and like you say need a pop of color bright color I've got a friend who thinks that I should be adding so much more color to my my apartment and I'm just not it not down for it so I think it's a really personal choice with clothes though would you organize let's say giving another plug to your book when it's about your sock drawer would you color coordinate your socks <laughs> color organize I should say your socks yeah again every client is really some different. people do don't they oh like their shirts Oh, yeah, my clothes are definitely colour-coordinated. But also the practical element that I can't help doing is they're organised in category, in sleeve category, and in, you know, my work clothes, my going-out clothes. So I organise in, personally, uh, category and then colour, but a lot of my clients will want all colour or some won't care about mm -hmm. the colour and they'll just want that practical element of category. Again, every single person is so different you know if I said to one client oh would you like your books organized by color do you want a big rainbow on your shelves some of them would say absolutely make a design piece out of them and others would say oh, oh absolutely not no I want them by author by subject <laughs> and they they'd like frown at the idea and and that's that's the wonder of it you know I've yeah. got a, a client on a slightly different subject who said to me I don't like the the minimal look my kitchen table, I love it. It's, she had this big, long kitchen table. She had lots of children, lovely big family. And she said, I, I like it when it's got stuff on it. I like that because it's lived in. This is my home. So, you know, other clients mm. go into and they say, I just want this kitchen table clear. So it is such a personal, individual, tailored service, mm. depending on whose home we're going into first steps of what we can do and actually maybe even before we actually go into the practical is the first step how do I want my place to feel or how do I want each room to feel perhaps is that maybe where we start I think that's a great question to ask ourselves because especially if we are feeling that our home is cluttered you've got to firstly think what you want the outcome to be and mm. if you do that then when you are then trying to declutter, especially if you're someone who finds it hard, you've got to keep thinking about what that end goal is because it's not going to happen 
if you feel cl it's cluttered and you don't get rid of anything, it's not, it's not going to happen. That that end goal isn't going to happen. So you've got to weigh up what's more important, how I feel about my home or all the kind of stuff in it. Um, because mm -hmm. you put too much importance sometimes onto stuff. How many times do you hear, oh, God, I've just got so much stuff. Yeah. But that's end of sentence and yeah. then we don't kind of do anything about it. But I think it's because we get overwhelmed and it just feels like the biggest task ever. So we just don't even know where to start. So, you know, Vicky, where do we start? I know that your book says start with the sock drawer. Yeah, yeah the whole point of the book being called that, and I understand it's like a strange title, um, is exactly that. You know, if you are struggling starting the process start with something like your sock drawer you don't think it will be that pleasing but the next morning you'll still get this slight buzz and you hold on to that feeling you hold on to that buzz and it pushes you forward to do the next tiny space and again if you're someone who feels overwhelmed it should be your home should be worked on in tiny 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 sections gone should be the sentence i need to declutter my house too big too overwhelming to think about gone mm -hmm. should be the sentence mm -hmm. i need to declutter my bedroom gone start with i need to declutter that drawer i need to declutter that shelf i need to declutter this basket tiny tiny bits and only start what you know you can finish at that time because you want to finish on the positive feeling you want to finish it on completion mm -hmm. So don't start a job that's going to take you 10 hours if you haven't got 10 hours. You know, don't start a job that's going to take you four hours if you know you're someone who gets bored. And if that's half a section of your underwear drawer or sock drawer, that's fine. There are no rules. There are no big rules. And I throw the rules out the window. There's guidelines. There's things that mm. you know, me should be saying to help, no matter who you are, no matter how you're looking at this. Mm. Well, and when we're talking about self-love, because that is, uh, you know, it's a buzz topic, isn't it? And like looking after ourselves and being loving to ourselves for our well-being, then again, like we've mentioned, it's not necessarily two things we put together, like detoxing our environment to, you know, make us feel well. But then as we've talked about for the last, you know, hour, and thank you so much, Vicky, it actually will make us feel so much better. Yeah, it really will, and it, and it does. And, you know, I don't meet many people who've decluttered and organised who aren't then buzzing about it. You know, I know that because I get text messages constantly because of what I do from friends saying, are you proud of me? Look what I've done. Look at this. You know, pictures of drawers and cupboards and rooms. And, you know, it, it yeah. makes you feel good. You, you don't want to get rid of things that you do want just for the sake of it. You know, so there's that sort of, mindfulness involved with the process you've got to think about what the worst thing that could happen is if you do declutter something two years later you think you wish you you still had and and actually the worst thing is a thought and that's that's as bad as it gets you go god I wish I hadn't have got rid of that skirt I'd have worn that tonight <laughs> but that's it you won't then yeah. buy something else. You're not going to go out with no skirt on. You know, you're not going to yeah. go out with no clothes on. You'll get over it. It will be fine. Yeah. And if that's I'm just word. I'm just thinking about all the skirts that I've got that haven't seen the light of day yeah. for years, and I'm just like, one day, Vicky, one day I might wear that skirt. But I don't. I actually I have been doing quite a lot of purging recently. So to be fair, but the whole spring clean thing. I don't know why spring became the time of year where people decide to spring clean but hey 
when this episode goes out, we're sort of heading in that direction. Yeah. So finally, I've just got one last question yeah. that I ask every guest to um, conclude the episode, and that's to set our listeners some homework based on the theme of the episode. So in this case, Vicky, what is a simple, actionable thing that we can all do uh, when it comes to decluttering and detoxing our home that will help us on our path to building a happier life? Okay, so I think the strongest question you can ask yourself when you are decluttering, throw anything out the window and ask yourself, can I live without this? And the second strong thought, because I think thoughts are really important with this question, is to think about what we own that we need and what we own that we just want. And when you separate your stuff into those two different categories, it can be quite powerful thinking about what goes and what stays. So, yeah, they're two things. And just last mm. to that, to start the process, also try, get a bag, normal, normal bag, hang it on a doorknob and make that decision at that moment that you're going to consciously look around your home slightly differently and if your eyes gaze on something you know can go, put it straight in the charity bag and start filling it. And that's a really good sort of small ongoing tip for people just to notice your home in a slightly different way. Mm. I love that, Vicky. Thank you so much for today. I truly appreciate it. You've given us so much great advice. Um, so for more on you, it's youneedavicky.com is the website. Instagram, it's the same. You need a Vicky. It does what it says on the yeah. tin. <laughs> you need a Vicky. And the book, of course, is Start With Your Sock Drawer. Thank you. Thank you again to Vicky Silverthorne. I really enjoyed our conversation. And thank you to you for making it through to the end of this episode of The Happier Life Project with me, Gabby Sanderson. Now, if you are suffering with your mental health, there is a crisis button on the My Possible Self app, which will signpost you to the correct information for immediate expert advice. Those of you who are listening on one of the podcast platforms, the My Possible Self app is completely free to download, so you don't need to worry about it costing you anything. If you found this episode helpful, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to the pod and leave us a review, please. And to find and follow us on social media, if you don't already, we are at My Possible Self and I've been at Radio Gabby. So until the next one, do take care. Bye for now.